Welcome to Companion Pass. I'm Lindsay Branquino, and we're about to take a wild ride into the lesser-known side of rodeo life. While the biggest names in rodeo are out in the arena entertaining us all, these are the stories of the people behind the scenes, supporting them and holding it all together. Unfiltered conversations with the partners, parents, and children of your favorite rodeo athletes on what it takes to navigate relationships, raise families, and pursue careers while the ones they love are out chasing their gold buckle dreams. Whether you're a part of this big rodeo family, a fan of the action, or a lover of Western culture, Companion Pass is where you'll find all of the insights you've been craving. I have got Haley Holman on the podcast today, and I am so excited to have her here. And I think you all are going to be as well. Haley is the wife of Lefty Holman, who is a three-time NFR saddle bronc rider. And I am really excited to get to know her along with you guys. So Haley, thanks so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me, Lindsay. Yeah. I Like I was saying, I'm excited to get to know you because our paths have not crossed much. And although I know of you and I know some of the other people in your life, I have never really gotten the chance to like sit and talk with you. And I feel like there's a lot about you <laughs> that I really want to know about. Same. I feel like the one good thing about social media is you can almost feel like you know everybody, but not really, just from a distance. So it's like we all know about each other, but it is cool actually to learn a little bit about people once in a while too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I feel like you have a little bit different story than many of the guests I talk to. And so I'm going to dive right in because I know that you grew up in Hawaii and you've got to be living a very different lifestyle now than you were growing up as far as just the difference of living, you know, in California now. So let's talk about that. 1,000%. So I grew up um, in Hawaii on the Big Island, on the Kona side, in a small town called Hulualoa. And so my whole family there. They're still there. We're super fortunate in that my great-grandfather back in the day, he had really found the value in property. And so he had invested in a lot of land back then. And so our whole family all lived on one road. So it's called Duart Road, wow. right in Hulualoa. And I got to grow up with my grandparents, all my cousins, my aunt, just everybody. We all have our houses just up all on this one road that goes straight uphill. My house, our, my family's house is right at the top of the hill. So we grew up our arenas right there. So it was a very special way to grow up for sure. And the people there are amazing. I love my family and I love every chance I get to go back. But yes, completely different way of life there compared to here and anywhere else I've ever been for sure. Yeah. You literally grew up in paradise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and California is not bad. It is beautiful. But in fact, what can possibly compare to growing up in Hawaii? Most people are lucky if they ever yes, get to even sir. vacation there. There's so many pluses and minuses. I always call it the little rock because it is like an actual rock in the middle of the Pacific <laughs> Ocean. And so it has its limitations, let me tell you. But yes, it is a beautiful, amazing, wonderful place um, that we love so much. But yes, uh, a very unique uh, living like place to have grown up for sure. Yeah. I think, you know, in, in preparing for this, hearing some of the things you said, it was funny because you're like, you know, no, I don't serve. No, I don't hula dance, which are the things that all of us are think of when we think of Hawaii. So what were you like, like as a kid? What kind of things did you do? What was childhood or just growing up in Hawaii like? We were unruly little kids. So when we just had our own, like we just had this hill that we grew up on. But, you know, you're always outside with your cousins and playing around. And like in general, just people don't care what you wear. People don't care like how you look. So you're always just a little rugged looking, I feel like. And your parents kind of just turn you loose and you're just like out there and you're, you know, either at the beach and like fishing and things like that. Or, you know, I was with my family a lot and they are working a lot. We always were all at our house. We always had projects going on. Still to this day, there's still lots of projects going on. But our family just did a lot together, always. We had a lot of family time. But yeah, you grow up learning a lot of um, the value of life. You learn just, I think the people there are so rich, not in money, not in things, but they're rich in their culture. They're rich in um, their generosity. They have such a unique way of life where it's such a family so family oriented. Like there is no yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. 
everybody is called this freaks people out but everyone is like you go by auntie and uncle so if there's like a, a person who's older than me like the polite thing to do is call them you know auntie like hi auntie like how are you Aww. you don't even know their first name so that's just how you greet people like they're super a loving culture but yeah very family oriented so you just grow up just learning values in life that I think I have really appreciated now more than ever, for sure. Like looking back and yeah, it was, you don't have a lot there. Like in my lifetime, there um, has now been like a target and things like that. But when I was really young, there wasn't like a ton there. Like now it's really starting to grow. But yeah, we had like Kmart and Walmart and like that was it. And I do say though, I'm like, a lot of people I thought like growing up on a rock was hard and like we didn't have much, but I will say we had a lot more than some other places. Like we'll go to places like the middle of Nebraska and whatever. Like I was talking to Damo and they're like in Australia, he said they're or his girlfriend, they're like three hours from the closest store. I'm like, honestly, our rock wasn't that bad, really. But <laughs> yeah, you don't have a lot of choices, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's so interesting hearing you talk about just like how different the culture is. And it sounds like really incredible, just like the way that you got to grow up and where the values as a whole, like your whole community, what those values you were brought up with, like how special is that? It is very special. And the people there are just amazing. And I always tell Lefty when we go back, it's such a good reset for me too when I go back there because our life is very fast paced and we get to do a lot of amazing things and see a lot of cool places and have these wonderful experiences. And so yeah. it's cool when you go back and people don't care. They don't care what you do. They don't care what you're wearing. They don't even know if you're, you have a designer bag. They probably thought you got it from Ralph. They don't know. They don't <laughs> care. You know, and so it's just a very humbling thing where it's okay. This is what, you know, very cool parts about life. These are what people care about. This is what keeps people going. And it's just like a good thing to, remember and like okay you never want to get too carried away to like appreciate life just as it is it sounds like it's a place you can go back to that keeps you really grounded for sure that is the right word for it for sure yeah and I would think also what a special thing to have when you're now living this other lifestyle this rodeo lifestyle and it comes with you know you say we're coming off of the NFR so like you're coming from this place where it's like glitz and glam and all the like accolades and everything that comes with that, you know, 10 days of the of rodeo, which we know is a very small, limited glimpse of what the year is. But like how cool to go from that right back to this other thing that is where you're really rooted and reminds you who you are and what's important. That is so true. And like really right after the NFR, like we had that crazy, you know, two weeks and it is a lot. And you were just it's a lot on everybody. It's a lot of lefty. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of preparation, everything. It's a lot. And we came back, we dumped our stuff. Our house was still a wreck. I just had to close my eyes and try not to think about it. But we got on a plane and we went straight to Hawaii and our house just got finished this year there. So we were able to enjoy it. Like it was our first mm-hmm. lease in our own house. And yeah, we just can unwind there. There is no makeup. There is no glitz. There is no glam. Lefty is dying because we're still living on a generator at our house there. It's pouring rain. You can rubber boots. You can shorts. <laughs> no shirt. You're out in our grass. The grass there grows so tall where we live. So it's like the grass is above your head. You know, it's so lush and green. And so it's just a completely different way of life. And my family always laughs, but when I'm there, I'm just totally different. And especially when we're working, I have my clothes are just a wreck. Like it could be ripped up. There's pain all over me. Who knows what I've been doing that day? And they're like, who are you? Like the next thing we know, you're like in some grand outfit, all makeup, all done. And they're, they always think it's so funny. But I'm like, yeah, well, that's the best of both worlds. Yeah. Oh, that's exactly what it is. And probably I would think two kind of distinct parts of like your personality now, you know, is that you do have both. And How great that you have an outlet and a place to get to explore both of those sides of yourself. Because we're not, nobody is just one thing, right? For sure. And I think that goes very well with having two amazing but very different families. And I think the most special thing about my family growing up and then going into Lefty's family is they're both incredibly family oriented. Even our family here, it's Pete and Holly and everybody, like it's just one big, very strong family. And I think those roots always stay the same. But then like when it comes to glitz and glam and glamour of life, like their family is so fun because 
that's how they are. You know, like you go to a family dinner, we could go to a Mexican restaurant, everybody, they don't dress like we're dressed for this Mexican restaurant, you know, and it's casual, but everybody, they have style, they have class and it's fun where, you know, in Hawaii, we have our family, but nobody cares about those things. So for me, who I love that kind of stuff, it's been such a fun thing to be a part of this family as well with Lefty. I bet. I mean, it sounds like in in what you're talking about in the bigger picture is that you and Lefty having your relationship and just having a successful relationship, I don't think it really matters that you have everything in common. You two grew up so differently. You're talking about the differences in your family and all of those things. I think that those things are less important that you are, you know, the same and share all these common traits or whatever, that it is that at the root of it, what you two have in common is like how important family is to both of you. And maybe that looks a little bit different because of the way you grew up, but at the heart of your relationship and what's truly important, you guys are sharing the same values, even though the rest of your lives and your backgrounds look really different. Which is so accurate. And I feel that so true to my heart because that is, and I think like your faith and your family and just having those same values really, because me and Lefty are complete opposites. Just personality-wise, our habits, like everything, very opposite, which is good. It's a great balance for me. I've needed that in my (laughs) life, and it's been so good for me. But yeah, like when you, at your core, we still have, you know, the same things ring true for both of you, that bridges your gap, you know, like that's your foundation. And I think everything else is almost like a good complement to one another, but you still have to have that, you know, that baseline where you can agree on the things that are important to you, like the things that really direct your whole life and how you act and how you talk and just the way we carry ourselves in life. And so for sure, that resonates with me a lot. Yeah. I think when you have those big things that like, you know, this is these fundamental things to who you are and what your core values are, those are not things that you want to compromise on when you find a partner, you know, the things that are really, truly important to you. And you shouldn't have to compromise those things. But on the flip side of that, so much about marriage and relationships does require a compromise. So if you guys, you know, like we said, are grounded in those one things that neither one of you are willing to waver on, the rest of it just seems easy, right? When you, it's a give and take in the other areas. You're like, I know that we're always going to come back to the same place because we share these really, you know, core values and the rest of the stuff is just, just stuff we'll figure out. So true. Yeah. And it's like all the fine details of life and lefty sometimes will do stuff that drives me crazy. He's I'm sorry. Just not perfect. I don't know what you want me to do. I'm almost perfect, but I'm not perfect. But I'm like, okay, you're right. But yeah, he just brushes things off really easy. But no, at his heart, he is just the best. And yeah, his values are what I appreciate a lot about him and something that I really find true in myself as well. Yeah. Okay. So then I need to know how you, this girl from Hawaii, are now part of this huge rodeo family and part of this world. Like, where does that leap happen? (laughs) Okay, so I graduated in 2017, and I wanted to go to Cal Poly so bad. And my brother was already there. And just coming, I won't say I was sheltered or anything. My family, we left every year. We snowboarded every year. We got off the rock a lot for family there but <laughs> I wanted to have my brother there honestly like he brought me to Cal Poly and so that was like such a special thing for me because I think when you have an older brother they always take care of you so you're almost spoiled in a way because they've always just been there you know especially when you have horses and stuff and so I we rodeoed our whole life and we actually I flew up my horses on planes they landed in LAX and they went to college with me and so I was there and We started school, I want to say September, and I didn't have a car yet. So my brother's losing it because I'm catching rides with him. And my mom's going to get me a car, whatever, in the next week. But she's helping me move in and blah, blah, blah. And so I had known about Lefty because I ended up living with Lily. And so that was my roommate in college. And so through some connections, I ended up living in a house with her and two other girls. And so I've heard about Lefty, but I didn't know him. And then the first day I was like, had my introductions in class and I was walking from campus to the rodeo grounds which isn't really that close and I was like just walking and all of a sudden here comes Lefty in his truck and he's you want to ride and I'm like 
Yes, actually, I do. I'm sick of this. You take me to the radio ground, I leave my horse real quick. And then he ends up taking me to lunch, actually, with my mom that day. But I had a boyfriend at the time, and he was just crazy on his own bender. But he ended up only seeing in school for a semester. So I had ended up seeing him, like, here and there, but not really. And I was, like, busy with school. And then he went on his rookie year that year. He ended up just going to Bradley. His dad pulled him out. He was like, all right, time for you to take a path in life. And he always, like, I think just wanted a rodeo. And so Bradley was an amazing mentor to him. Really took him under his wing, him and Joey, Joey Fonier, actually, and Wyatt as well. But he went on the road. And then that next summer, when it came to the, some of the California rodeos, he popped into town quite a bit. And I ended up not having a boyfriend anymore. And he would come visit Lily quite a bit, I will say. <laughs> all of a sudden, they're like super, super close. Yes, yes. <laughs> They've always been great cousins. But all of a sudden, I started to see them quite a bit more. But yeah, and then during the Northwest run that year, so this has got to be later in the season, he ended up breaking his wrist. And so that was the end to his year. That was his rookie year. And so that was tough. But I always look back on that and I tell Lefty, I said, you know, things just happen for a reason. Because honestly, if you weren't hurt and you didn't have all this time to be in San Luis all of a sudden during that whole rest of that year, I, we probably wouldn't be together today, honestly. So he was like really young. We we're both really young. We we're only 19. And so having that time where, you know, he was shipping some cattle and stuff for his dad and staying busy, but he was in San Luis a lot. And so just to get your feet on the ground and have that, I think, super early on, especially when you're so young. Is um, an opportunity that I think uh, would not have flourished like it had he not had a season-ending injury. And so that was 2018 now. And then going into 2019, we'd already been dating. And it was like really cool because I always really remember this year as my introduction to rodeo on the larger level as well. And that was his first year he got into Fort Worth. And I remember it's a big deal. You know, like now I'm headed to Fort Worth next week and it's just like another stop on the winter run. Well, at the time, your first time, it was still in the Will Rogers. Uh, it's like a big deal. You know, you're yeah. all excited. And me and his dad's two friends, we flew down. And the first time he got into Houston was also like a big deal. I had I had a, a college rodeo that weekend. And I was like, not really serious about college rodeo at the time. I was like only about school and just had my horses to keep me sane. But I flew down there for two nights. I flew down there for a night, actually. And I flew back the next day. I had my brother take my horses to the rodeo and I just went straight to the rodeo but that was a really cool year that I I always look back on and treasure because it's cool now like when you're into your career this is his sixth year or something like that already at the time this time flies but all those first those are really special yeah. to have been there for and to watch him the then versus now I always look back yeah. and think that's such a cool thing to have been a part of Oh, for sure. And just those memories that are irreplaceable. I love that you said all of those first because, you, you know, you never get to do those again. And how cool is that? And also, like you were saying, what there's a couple things when you're talking there that I'm thinking is one, you talked about having horses and growing up rodeoing and stuff, which I don't think many people associate with Hawaii is that there's a whole community there of, the, of ranching, of roping and of that stuff, which even me, I guess it was just like not really on my radar for a long time. And then we have in the last, you know, however many years gotten to know some people that do, you know, the families that do ranch there and rodeo and that whole community down there and then getting to spend some time with those. And it's a whole other side of Hawaii or the island life that I didn't even stop to think about, but that you obviously grew up doing, which is really cool. So then you coming over and having this, like you explained it as the introduction to rodeo life, like on a whole new scale. What was that like for you? Was that just, were you like in awe? Was it overwhelming? So I want to say, honestly, I was just like a little ignorant to, because coming from like Lefty's family, this is generational, you know, like they right. have done this, like they're very familiar, like Quincy's already have been with Dakota for how many years, like he's gone to the finals, you know. So much. I don't even know what is it, 11, maybe even more <laughs> times than that. Like a lot, you know? So it's right. something that was very normal for them. Where for me, I'm like, I don't even know anybody from Hawaii who had gone to the final of Cody Cabral, I think. And that would be right. it. And I was still young at the time. So I've never watched somebody like what it's like to go on the road, like what it means to not do rodeo as a hobby, but as a career. Like when this is your yeah. life, it's so different. 
everything's different. The every detail, like the amount of effort, the amount of work, like not you don't do it on the weekend because you want to. If you have to, you're going hard all year long. Like your body is taking a toll and just every little detail, even now, like how lefty viewed rodeo now is even different than how he viewed it himself in 2019, 2018. But for me, coming from the rock and little Pacific, I was just like, wow, I've never seen anything like this. Going to those rodeos, I was blown away myself. He's in awe because he gets to be there. But I'm also in awe getting to watch him on these stages because I've also never experienced anything like that in my life, like a rodeo on that scale or anything like I had never seen it myself. And it's amazing. Like it's such an amazing, beautiful thing to see and be a part of. Yeah. And going back to how cool that you guys got to experience that together, different types of firsts for both of you. Yes, definitely. Even like driving, I remember when he got the call the first time to go to Calgary, he was through the roof, just so excited, you know? I just remember like all those little things, just how excited he was because, you know, you have a shot to do this for a career because I think you always question yourself as well. If you can really do it until you make it, I think you question yourself too. Oh, absolutely. And I think sometimes even after you've made it, everybody goes through points in their career where they're still like you. It's like constantly questioning yourself. Am I still because like you mentioned, just the everything that goes into it, it's hard not to continually have to ask yourself, do I still want this? Do I still love this? Because it's challenging to make it through an entire year. And it's really easy, especially like when these guys are in a slump where it's like, oh, am I still doing the right thing? No, for sure. And Yeah, I think like that, like Lefty, one of his biggest thing is too, he needs to have like his team and he needs to know like people are behind him. And I think that was also like a hard part in our relationship too, because coming off of COVID year and everything, like my home base was still Hawaii. So like I was living in Hawaii, like I had my family there, they had given me like a studio to live in. And I moved all my stuff from college straight there. And that was my home base. So like, for us, together like it was much more difficult because like I'm not coming from Texas or Utah or somewhere more central like I'm having to go across the Pacific every time you know like laying over twice sometimes to get far enough to where I needed to be and like it was just a lot and like I had was building these houses and things and so I was like busy there and like my life was there and I was like trying to like you know get a start for myself because that. I think at such a young age, you're, you don't think of yourself together yet as like one unit. It's okay. He's doing his life. I need to do my life. I need to do something for myself as well. And so a lot of my obligations and responsibilities were there and that tied up my time a lot. And he's writing, but between the time gap there, sometimes he's six hours ahead of me. Like when he's writing, I could be, you know, two o'clock in the middle of a work day in Hawaii. And if I missed it, he calls me after. And I'm like acting like I saw it and I didn't. And I'm like, dang it, I'm so sorry. And then he's like, his feelings are hurt because I didn't even pay attention to what's going on. I have no idea where he is. I forgot to look at the calendar. I think those years were hard because there is a gap and there is distance. And, you know, for Lefty and moving forward in our relationship, once we decided like, all right, if we're doing life together, we're all in, you know, Hawaii ended up not being my home and California is now our home. And we got engaged and we got married and I've loved every, you know, life mark that we've gone through together but it just switches because like for him like he needs like that team like he needs that support behind him and like now like for me it's okay I take on these projects and I do things still but that's for us together and he's a big part of making those happen and that's like what we plan to do together and on my end like my job is just to support him to make sure he feels good keep him all in a row and like the road's long and he doesn't like the details of things. He just wants to show up and ride. And so we take care of a lot of that for him. And when I say we, I, I mean me and his dad, because his dad is like the best thing ever. But yeah, it takes a lot and you need that support. And if he's not somebody who wants to be, you know, independent and have things super on his own, it becomes, you know, your job to make sure, okay, whatever he needs and Whatever we need to do to make him at his best, that's what we do. You guys were doing long distance on a really extreme level and in ways that I never thought about, like just time change. Yes. (laughs) That's amazing that you had a strong enough relationship that you could weather that. And being so young, too, that you were both clear enough about what you wanted for your future to make the kind of decisions that it sounded like you guys made in order to have the life together that you were both envisioning. 
For sure. Yeah. And it's a learning curve. And honestly, like the people we are then, obviously, are we're so different to who we are now. And I had to grow up. He had to grow up. And you just learn things along the way. But yeah, I'm thankful in the end we get to be where we are and um, have the relationship and marriage that we do. And yeah, it's all a process, but I've loved every step of it. Yeah. I can't help but think about like when Luke and I got married, I moved to California from Arizona and I really missed my family. That was hard for me. But I'm thinking about you moving from Hawaii to California and you talking about being so close with your family. How difficult was that transition for you being so far away from home and all of your family that you were so close to? It's for sure hard. And I still feel like sometimes it is hard, but I will say when I first moved to California, like it doesn't feel initially like your home. It just feels like you're here. And then when you talk about your home in your heart, like you still mean Hawaii, you know, like that's right, at right. First how it felt for me. Like this is where I'm living, but like my home right. still feel like there. And I think one of the really important and fun things about life is if you can have wonderful in-laws, and, you know, enjoy those relationships as well. Your home becomes the people in your life. And for me, that was such an important transition. And Lefty family has been like nothing but good to me from day one. They are amazing. And you know so many of them. You know, you know when I say that I really do mean that. And my mom, like me and my mom are so close. And I'll talk to her every day. My dad doesn't understand how we could possibly stop things to talk to. If I've talked to her. <laughs> For more than once in a day, he just gets disgusted with us. But I miss her so much. But at the same time, I have everything I need here too. You know, so I'm well loved. I'm well taken care of. Like I have people like whenever I need anything, whenever I like am lonely or whatever, like I have people and like that makes a home for me. And I feel like with Lefty too, like I could never be in a marriage and like always have that hanging over his head where this would never be my home. You know, so it's like yeah. when you're going to make it work and you want to have a family and you want to have a life together, like you make wherever he was, like that was my home. And it's even now, like when I'm in Hawaii, when he's not there, like I want to be where he is. Like, you know, I don't want to be there by myself. It doesn't feel like my home anymore, like without him there. And for me, it's become really the people. And I think the people you love and the people in your life, like they can make any place feel like home. And when you can embrace that, it makes your own life way easier for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love how you just said it there is that the people become your home because I think that is so true. You know, like a year and a half ago, almost we moved from California to Texas after being there for so long. And there are definitely things about California that I still miss. But Luke's um, mom and dad moved with us as well. And people ask me all the time, they're like, how is it? How's the transition? And like I said, I'm like, yeah, there's definitely things there that I miss, you know, people that we left behind and friends and stuff like that. But I think that this move out of all of them, even more so than when I moved from Arizona to California, just really showed me that I don't think I really care where we're at at all. I'm like, I have my kids and my husband and his family that's so important to us. And that's really all of that matters. It, the, everything else just feels like a change of scenery once you really, I don't know, embrace that fact. For sure. And like for me, I like needed to just like when I'm in Hawaii, I'm always busy and like that was really good for me. And then when I was in California, because I'm always going with Lefty, like I can't just go get a regular job. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. I go get a regular job. And then I'm, um, oh, sorry, I'm going to be gone this weekend and I might be gone. Like if he makes it back, I'm sorry, I might be gone again. So right. it's one of those things where I need to find something to do here too. And that's where like change to change has been really great for me. Just take things when I wanted to and start like that business. But it's something small. It's not a significant thing for us, but it's something fun and gives me something to do here. And that has also been really good for me because, yeah, it's, I don't want to be anywhere he's not either. You know, and if we're going to be together, Hawaii is a wonderful and as much as we love it, you just couldn't rodeo there. You know, that's just yeah. so unrealistic. We could have never make that happen. It's, California is hard enough to get back home, to, you know, <laughs> yeah. even when he has three days off, it's, oh, should you fly home? We're like, it's far. It's out of the way. So that's as far as we could have gone. And thank God it's California. I'm like, we're not in the middle of Nebraska. Yeah. We're not in the middle of somewhere really cold where it would have been really hard for me to really make home. I'm saying other people make it, but I'm like, this weather does it for me too. I do not love being freezing. Like I just was not made for cold. Like I used to just 
warmth and humidity. Like I can't do the cold all the time. You touched on it there. And I definitely want to talk about the different things that you do to keep yourself busy and as a creative outlet, because you come across as a very creative person. And I know that you do a lot of different things. So I'd love to talk a little bit more about like the things that you're passionate and doing for yourself in life. Some of my very best memories have been made in cowboy boots. From ranching to rodeos, concerts to special occasions, they've been there with me for them all. There are very few places that a great pair of cowboy boots can't take you. And if you want the best, then you're going to want a pair of Tecovas. Tecovas brings a fresh perspective to heritage bootmaking, holding on to all of the time-honored traditions and quality that you expect from a great pair of cowboy boots while still innovating on comfort, style, and service. Emphasis on comfort here, they are seriously some of the most comfortable boots I've ever slipped on. Their commitment to comfort runs so deep that you can go into any Tacova store and get custom fitted for a pair. Each and every pair is designed in Texas and then handmade in Mexico from only the most premium leathers. So whether you're looking for your very first pair of cowboy boots or just the perfect new addition to your collection, head straight to Tacova's. Visit one of their stores or tacovas.com slash Lindsay, and they'll deliver the most premium quality and comfortable Western goods right to your door. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash L-I-N-D-S-A-Y and point your toes west. Every year, like after the finals, especially if Lexi's had like a good final, we like tried to decide, okay, what are we going to do with our money? And so typically we've been doing like a build every year. And so like a rental build or something in Hawaii, because we've already have the land and my family there to help us. And so cost-wise, it just makes more sense for us to do it. So usually I'm like, okay, between what months do we think we can get this started? And uh, from the start of the year, I already know, okay, probably I'm going to do a spring build. I'll be in Hawaii a lot more. But I still have all this extra time here in California. I got to do something. It can't be useless. It's ridiculous. Um, and so about like just over a year ago, I ended up being able to get a chain stitch machine. And they're these super old antique finger machines. They're like 20 pounds. They're sold. And like <laughs> they have a motor and like a leather belt. Like it's a very, like when I say antique, it's in the truth form. <laughs> but it's a very cool thing because I am like, someone who appreciates history a lot. I love like things that are old. I love just like the meaning behind something that has been in the past. And so for me, it's been such a cool thing to take something that, you know, started in the 20s and 30s and bring that back to life. You know, learn that. It's hard to learn. There's no YouTube tutorials on how to run a chain stitch machine because it's so (laughs) old. And just learning to just even thread the machine. It was like a 20-minute process for me. And now I do it in two seconds. But it's just learning something of old and being able to create things that are beautiful. And this time is something that I love. And chain stitching is very freehand. Like it's not like computerized or anything. Like you're drawing basically, but with thread. And it's very a textured stitch. It's like you can layer your colors and it's just a very unique thing that I love. Like I have loved it so much. And so reworking clothes, chain stitching a lot, doing things even like this rodeo community is amazing. Like you just end up opening doors you never thought you would. But like I started working with Sammy and their ranch and co-interiors and like doing furniture pieces. And we're going to do a few more here soon. But it's just cool how just learning a hobby and then being able to, you know, create a product and like just seeing where that will take you, whether that be clothes or furniture. Like I would never thought I would be making furniture and it's cool to see just where it goes. But yeah, that's what I do here. I love that. I love being creative and it just gives me like a really unique thing to do while I'm here. Yeah. And I think it's so important, like two things there. One is you saying like you needed to find something for yourself, which I think is so important. I think as like rodeo wives, girlfriends, we, a lot of our energy goes towards supporting the people in our lives that are rodeoing because so much goes into that. But I think you can't lose sight of also doing something for yourself. Just like you said, to keep, whether it's to keep yourself busy or to have an outlet or purpose or feel like you're contributing, like all of those things are so important. But then too, I love that you found a way to find something that gave you all of those things 
but also that gave you the freedom and flexibility to continue to be with Lefty whenever you wanted to be or needed to be. And for sure. And I feel like that's always been my party until I have to, where it's like, he needs me to have a stable income. I don't want to miss out on these times. I feel like it's such a short window of life. We get to enjoy these things together. We don't have, for the past years, we don't even have kids, you know, to have to take around. Freedom at its freest form is now. And like so many special memories I would never have given back ever for anything. You know, no amount of money would have made it worth having missed out on so much of that. And so while he's in, you know, this time in his career, while we are able to do the things we are, like I, that's like my priority to be able to enjoy that, to be able to not miss out because when his career is over and who knows, you don't get that long, you know, especially when you're rough stuff. And I feel like by the time you're already 30, like young, you're low 30s, you're, oh, okay. You know, am I still here? Like with the young guns or, you know, am I starting to phase out? And so I hope he has like a wonderful, super long career, but it's still a small window in a whole lifetime. And yeah, for me to be able to go with him, to have that freedom has been such a priority for sure. Yeah. I think that is, it it is so important and it can get, I don't know, I think it can be a little bit tricky navigating that. Should I be doing the, you know, quote unquote, like responsible thing and getting a job or having a career, but for you to be so young and have the perspective that you have and no, I really want to soak up these moments and these opportunities and just be together while we have the chance to do it, you know, just the two of us. Cause even if you're going to have kids and, you know, down the road and try and take them with you, it's not, it's never going to be what you have now. Like you said, this is freedom in its purest form while you're able to, I think it's such a great perspective. I know I wish that I had embraced that more when I was your age and Luke and I were first married is just giving more value to experiences instead of always feeling like, oh, maybe I should be doing something else. And I credit that a lot to Lefty, honestly, because that's not my initial perspective. Like by nature, that's just not me to be like, oh, whatever. <laughs> like I'll just figure it out. <laughs> but like during the times in my life where I did let, you know, projects and stuff consume me, I also, you know, our relationship took a toll as well you know so it's like when your priority is like more self-focused and accomplishing the things like you want to and you know meeting these deadlines and getting a house done by a certain time for a certain client who's already paid you you have to get it done I just think like your focus is you know solely on that but you're missing out on so much because his life is still going you know like he's still on the road he's still accomplishing all these amazing things and I'm missing it and like he has changed my perspective a lot to be like, he'll be like, you know, what's $5,000? Like, I don't care. You know, like, what's $10,000? What's $20,000? You know, what's making this jacket for a few hundred bucks? Or like, just come with me, you know? He's, I don't want you to miss this. He's, I want you there. And so, and like, just him having that, I guess, I won't say lack of independence, but just want for me to be there as well has so made me go way more than I typically would because like for him that it's good for him too especially when you're on a down or you're in a slump I feel like just having your person there with you to not go through it with him because I am not him I don't experience the same things as him but I see it from a very close perspective and I think just when he knows I'm right there and I'm like we're you know like I see it you know I think that also helps him as well and it makes like being on the road a little easier for him too. And so I think there's a lot of pluses I don't want to miss out, but he also wants me there. And I appreciate that as well, for sure. Oh, yeah. I think that we highlight a lot, like it can be hard when you're at home and you miss some big win or something, but it's almost harder to not be with them when they've had a bad day because it can be really hard in those moments. Well, at least it was for me. I don't know how you feel, but In those moments when something doesn't go right or there's like a loss that's been particularly tough to swallow, it's really hard to know the right thing to say because there really isn't a right thing to say. There's not much you can actually, you know, like words you can say to them that makes it better. So 
when you are with them physically and you can even just give them a hug or just sit there in silence and hold their hands. And that's the thing that you can't do when it's just a phone call, you know? And so I think how great that you're able to be there for him in those moments and recognize how much he needs you there. Yeah. And we've gone through years of, you know, having season ending injuries and like those have been really tough. And then there's also been years where you're ready. Like last year was one of his hardest years. You know, like we barely made it to the finals. Like he went in 14th and that was to the last day. And it's just like one of those years from the winner, like just from your first start, it was just like nothing really seemed to go your way. And so now like when there's so much money in the Rothstock event and like you need $130,000 to make it now, you are like, when you're chipping away, when you're not winning the big ones, you're not 50,000 at a time, 20,000 at a time, even 10,000 at a time is nice. But when you're chipping away like a few thousand here, a few thousand there, it just makes the year so much longer and just almost treacherous in a way, like emotionally, <laughs> physically, like it's totally all aspects, just all aspects. And so like a year like that, especially, I feel like they just need you sometimes, you know, like just the one thing that seems a little easier for them, like the one thing that's a little brighter in their day where it's not like their bad draws or whatever it is, like just not writing good or not feeling good or all of like the little details that go into a year, a rough year especially. So yes, just being there when you can and like me being able to be there is something I don't take for granted. I've loved every second and in the good and the bad, I'm just thankful to be there for sure. Yeah. I love hearing that. Switching gears a little bit, since we touched on you and your change stitching and everything, I'd love to talk about like your personal style and your like approach to fashion and stuff. Because I think that it's so unique and really stands out and it stands out in a sea of people that are dressed similarly. But what would you like, how would you describe your personal style? I hate that question too, by the way, anytime anybody's ever asked me, because I'm like, I have no idea what words for it. So I'm going to put you on the spot this time. Maybe even what's like your approach or your thoughts on personal style. I like something that means something to me is custom. I'm not afraid of a trend. I think if I felt good and had fun in it at the time. Like, I don't mind if I only wore something once. I'm not, I love color. I'm not really like a neutrals person very much, but I just want something different. I think having something unique and that's your own is fun. And I think it can, when it becomes your own style, that's what makes it fun for me. You know, I feel like a lot of people love whatever neutrals, you can love neutrals or you can love colors, but a lot of people love colors or a lot of people love neutrals. It's what one thing that separates you from somebody else's color outfit or somebody else's neutral outfit or you can have the same styles, but I think it's the small personal touches that make an outfit like your own more unique and I love that that's why I have particularly loved chain stitching I think too because it is its own unique thing and it gives its own unique look but I can also take it in put roses all over a plain pants you know then that pants just means more to me because I love roses and they make me think of lefty and I'll write phrases that mean like last year because it was a tough year. The winner, my husband loved Zach Bryan. I love him too, but not to the point, but Lucky does. And when he released the song Dawn, it wasn't even, it's completely about something else. But he heard the one line, like one small victory. And he felt like that song was just like written for him or something. And it was just like his mantra all year. You know, whatever. You just need one small victory. That's it. It could be just like the smallest thing. But just give me like one small win in a day. And so like when I had made these pair of pants, like I just wrote one small victory and just a simple line like that. Like it just, when I wear it, I feel something for these pants. You know, like they mean something to me. And I love that when I can wear something that means something to me. But I love a trend. I love something different. I love reworking clothes, cutting it up, doing something fun with it. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to really put your own personal style into one sentence, but I yeah. just want something that's different, I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anywhere, places, people, things that you find you draw your inspiration from? Say when you're coming up with ideas, are you just, are you always open and it's just coming to you? Or do you find that there's places that you go back to? you know, again and again that you draw inspiration from? I love a mix of things. I know old, historic, vintage Western fashion. There are so many timeless 
look that can come from that. And then you add a modern spin to that where it still had its original look from a very classic and, you know, old style. But then you can add fun things to that. I think that's all really fun. I love street style because I do love like baggier clothes and just more of that look where it's not so fitted and not so like clean cut. I like a rough edge and things like that. So I love street style. I love watching fashion. I love seeing like, because they do crazy stuff, you know, so it's like you can take a crazy idea and just add a small touch of it to something that I would actually wear. And so all of those kinds of things. I love art because a lot of the things I, you know, stitch come from actual like pieces of art or like an actual picture. And yeah, just cool. I love looking at fabrics and I love fabrics. I will go to Joanne's and just look at all the fabrics or Willie's always telling me about the fashion district. I gotta go because all the fabrics, but I feel like sometimes you look at a fabric and even that inspires you to be like, oh, I could see it on this, you know, cool piece or like in a patch of a jean and all those kinds of things. I think you can get inspiration from anywhere, but our family is so unique because they're all so creative. You know, like Quincy's doing her own thing. Shane is like designing the most amazing booths and very creative in so many different ways. And so even drawing from that, like looking at what they're doing and um, I think they give me courage because they're so bold in their own style that it makes me feel like anything goes for me. You know, like I will never be too much because like our whole family is a lot. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> and so you just like when you go, like when I walk down to the lobby for a round at the NFR, like my outfit could be crazy. And I know it's either not going to be the only crazy one or it won't be the craziest one because <laughs> When I stand next to our family, we all look normal because all of our outfits are out there. I think what a cool environment for you to be in where you're talking about you're also surrounded by these other women who, one, have great style, but two, are also, you know, creatives that you guys to feed off of each other. That's really a cool, I don't know, environment for you to be in that's like constantly nurturing and feeding like not just the fashion, but like your inspiration behind it and your creativity. For sure. And like they stick a lot to, especially Quincy, like in her designs, love to their family values. And I love that too. Like having tradition in pieces is amazing too. Like as loud and as crazy as her pieces are, they still have so much value in the sense of family and tradition. But I love that. And I think that meaning rings true for her too. Like when you can find things that mean something to you and your family and where you come from, that's very cool. But yeah, I like when she released her Marble Cowboy line this year and I got to go to the warehouse and look at it all for the first time. The detail, like I love it. Like I find inspiration from that. Like just how so many small details, like the piping she chose on some things, you know, like the different, she cut up like some of her things are higher in the front and lower in the back and just the tailoring, everything. Like I love drawing inspiration from them because they're all, you know, so successful in all their own, you know, different avenues in this Western industry and have done amazing things. Mm -hmm for their own businesses and for what they work for. And so I, it's a very cool family to be a part of for sure. Yeah. I just want to say too, though, that even though you and I don't know each other like personally all that well, just in seeing you, seeing the way you dress, seeing the way you hold yourself and just the way you speak, like you come across as like a very naturally confident person, like just confident about who you are and what you like and your thoughts and ideas on things. And that's got to be a really important component here because I would think coming into a family that's as big as his, and we keep talking about like Quincy, who of course, if anybody doesn't know, is the one who has Rodeo Quincy. She's, (laughs) you know, was on the podcast, but that it could be intimidating to come into a family like that, even just, even if we're just talking surface level, like fashion wise is to come into that and know who you are and not feel intimidated by all these loud voices in fashion. Because like you said, they're all really distinct and nobody's, you know, nobody's fashion there is quiet. And I mean that in like the most complimentary (laughs) sense. Everybody's really owning who they are. And even just the way that they're dressing is really saying something about themselves. For sure. And I will say, I think coming from where I came from, the more humble background, it wasn't natural to just be super bold in a personality. I think like in myself, I'm all, I like am very blunt. I would say I'm like very point blank. And sometimes I think people take that the wrong way, but I don't really sugarcoat or go around the edges of things. Like I get to my point and I say what I say, I mean what I say, but coming into their family, I think it's easy to allow yourself to be uncomfortable And even for me, walking into even the social settings I encountered in this family versus, you know, in Hawaii, 
Like I had to teach myself how to be able to just go into a setting, not know anybody, go ahead, just introduce yourself, make yourself, even when you do feel super uncomfortable, like just not closing off and allowing like the discomfort to ruin moments in your life. And so Lefty's so good because he's, you know, the biggest people person you could ever meet. But like for me, that's not naturally me. And even just growing up, like I've had to grow up a little bit. I've had to learn. And like being a part of the family has aided the process, I think, a lot because you're right. They are all so bold and confident and like amazing, especially the women in the family. They're amazing. You know, like they have all have accomplished their own things and they all are I'm very sure of themselves and in their fashion and in their thing. But that's been good for me too, because it gives you courage as well. Like when you see that, like you watch them, you see how they carry themselves. It's encouraging to see. And it like pushes you along. Okay. This is like a good way to do. I love how they act. I love how they are. Like I'm going to wear this and not feel bad about it either. You know, I'm not going to worry about what other people think or you know what they have to say about it. Like their opinion, as long as I feel good about it, I'm going to wear this and I love it. You know, I'm going to love every second wearing this. But (laughs) yeah, they're amazing. I can't say enough good things about them because there's so many different aspects of my life. Like they have inspired me for sure. Yeah. Just what you were talking about though, like on a larger sense, coming into a situation like that, and we're talking about you coming into this family and his family dynamics and everything. But even in a larger sense, like just in life, that sense of being uncomfortable and maybe feeling a little out of place and learning to embrace it and I guess allowing it to, I don't know, I would just, that that to me sounds so overwhelming because I'm like you in you saying it doesn't necessarily come naturally to you, but being put in those uncomfortable situations and it sounds like you not only rose to the occasion, but you allowed yourself to push past that feeling of being uncomfortable and growing into a new part of your personality or, you know, like just growing as a person. For sure. And I think it's a learning curve. And I think it all comes with, you know, growing older as well and just learning in life. Like when you go into a setting and you just sit there and no one, unless they're like a specific type of person, they're not really going to go out of their way to make you feel comfortable. You know, so then it's your own choice. Okay, am I going to sit here and let my own self feel outcasted and uncomfortable? Or do you just join in? You know, do you just join in the conversation? Just join in the party. Be a part of it. Like, you can either sit on the outside and look in or just be a part of it. And, you know, when you learn being a part of it, much more fun. It's also much more comfortable. It also makes, you know, not knowing a lot of people way easier. And then you end up getting to know a lot of people. And then they just become part of your life, too. So, yeah, for sure. You learn a lot, but Lucky is so good in that way where he can talk in my edges because he'll meet any, he could talk to anybody, you know, like he's <laughs> so good in that way where naturally very easy for him to go into any yeah. setting of people and he's not uncomfortable ever. So it's good for me because he does help soften that for sure. Speaking of Lefty not being uncomfortable ever, And since we were just talking about fashion, can we like take a minute to talk about Lefty's fashion here? Because he is not the only fashion or you are not the only fashionista in the family. Yes. And I love that about him. He is so bold. and Well, because we come from this family, right? Like he was raised like this. Like his Nana was like the biggest fashion icon I will ever have known in my life. And I have loved every second when I, when she was here, I just loved seeing her and all her outfits. But they are bold in their style and their it goes with their personalities as well. But that goes right to him as well. And he is never afraid to do something different. And, you know, in a culture that is very traditionally cowboy, and you know what I mean when I say that, he is, you know, the outlier, but in a way that I love because like even his writing stuff, you know, it's very, a lot of roses, like a lot of metallics, like a lot of, he'll do a lot of fun designs. He's wearing white boots right now, you know, and he gets grief for them. Don't get me wrong. Like when he first shows up and all the guys are there and they're like, are you wearing white boots? Oh my gosh. Are you wearing a fur coat and white boots, Lefty? (laughs) Yes. Like seriously, (laughs) like getting ready for the NFR, he ended up going with that crazy trench coat. But at first, like there, his Nana had this coyote and he's like wearing this coyote around, like asking, is it too much? And I'm like, this is too much. I think this <laughs> one might cross the line. Like, we don't need to show up with a coyote, you know? 
but he's never afraid to try something different. Like he loves fashion and he loves it. And that makes it more fun for me too, because I think sometimes I'll wear something and I'll go down to, and like when I see my dad, his face, or I can already tell he's, wow, oh my gosh, what are you wearing? You know, <laughs> but I could wear anything. And like when Lefty sees me, his reaction is never, this is too much, take it off. You know, he's all, yeah. that's awesome. I love it. You know, that for me, that also gives me that extra boost of confidence to be like, yes, I love this too. Thank you. You know? So I love that. Too. Right. He makes that so much better. And yeah, fashion is fun for the both of us. I like that. I like that you can feed off of each other. We were talking about the other women and stuff in the family and in your life that you are feeding off of. But the fact that you and him can share that is really fun and pretty unique. I don't know many rodeo wives that can say that. I don't really know any at all, actually. But I love <laughs> that. I love that. He makes it so fun for me, for sure. Yeah. Do you think, does the way he dressed say something about his personality? Is it the same way you were talking about where the things that you love the most are things that are special to you? Does, do you think that he thinks about it in that way? Is he actually communicating a part of his personality or is it just, yeah, this is a lot of fun. I'm going to throw this on. Lefty does things for a feeling. Like he wants to feel good. Like he wants to feel, you know, like when he walks outside and he's put on a good outfit, he will notice if nobody says a comment about his outfit because like in his mind like he just put together this grand thing and if no one acknowledges it he's what the heck you know i wasted my good outfit and nobody even appreciated it now he knows how all of us girls have felt like more than once or twice like i I just wasted a great outfit i'd great now i gotta wear it again seriously but no i think he just has a very fun personality and like he just doesn't care about much. You know, he just goes with life. He loves his life and everything. But yeah, he he wears things and like he has fun with it. But because he's a fun person, because he can embrace those things, like because he can feel confident wearing something different. Like he doesn't have a problem with people saying things, you know, not loving his outfit. He doesn't have a problem with okay. it. So it's good. Yeah, he loves it too, for sure. Oh, It sounds like you guys both really find a way to approach life where you're just like, embracing the like the fun of it like focusing on that like that's where you're at in your life right now which is so important because i think we can get so bogged down just by like real life things that we forget to have fun and it can be a little bit underrated for sure and you know i don't want to say this lightly because there are so many other people who have a completely different story than we do and who have experienced very hard times in life you know like they have experienced times that are very tough that alter the whole course of your life and I always tell lefty whether you know you're drawing bad whether you're riding bad whatever the down may be like if we're healthy if we get to live this wonderful amazing life we get to do the things we love I don't think we ever want to take that for granted and I think that's always our prayer and like the hope in our heart that we don't ever take these moments for granted and it is such a very special and unique life and I think to not appreciate it is like such a wasted, you know, it feels like such a wasted and an ungrateful way to look at things because this is not forever. We don't get to live this life forever. I'm sure there will come times in our life that are much more challenging than the things that we have faced so far. And like that, I don't want to look back at the good times and have, you know, not appreciated them when we have it. While we are living it, we always try to just, you know, these are the good times. We're going to enjoy this. I don't want to ever not be grateful for this because what a special life we get to live like for sure oh i absolutely agree that's so well said so at the end of every episode i usually do two things with my guests and the first one is that some previous guest has anonymously left a question for a future guest and these are just fun so i have one here from you from somebody else that's been on the show are you ready for theirs yes And this one is fun for me to ask you because I feel like you growing up in Hawaii, your answer is going to be different than maybe some other people's. But theirs is, what is your dream vacation? Because everybody else would have said Hawaii's. (laughs) Yes. Oh, right now, me and Lefty really want to go snowboarding. I love snowboarding. He loves snowboarding. So it's been on our list. But I will say, I have wanted to go and do a Europe trip for a really long time. I would love that. I love obviously history. I love architecture. I love culture. And I think especially like with our faith, like having a lot of Catholic roots are 
you know, a lot of the origins have started there. So I would have loved to go out and see. And I have almost convinced Lefty. I've been really close. But he is like ADD. He cannot stay still. You cannot see why I would possibly want to go all the way halfway across the world to look at buildings and just look at them. <laughs> I, I just want to look at them. I want to see them for myself with my own eyes. And he just blows his mind away that I would think that would be fun at all. And so I haven't gotten to talk him into that. But we also did get to go to New York recently, which I have loved because that was also another trip I wanted to do. So I love that. I love being able to go places with him. But right now, we would love to go snowboarding. That would be on our list for sure. Do you have a top snowboarding location? We've not been to Mammoth yet, and it's pretty close to us. So we'd like to go there for sure. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay. And then the last question is, do you have a favorite rodeo moment or memory that you can share? Okay. I have two because now that I just talked about snowboarding, I have to say this one. Four years ago <laughs> during this time of year when Rapid was going on, a bunch of the group of guys, all bronc riders pretty much, were also there. And we had like three days to kill. So we went and we rented this big cabin and we all went to Terry Peak. Like this, that super small ski resort right there. And this was like, I have known everybody and I love all the Broncos stuff, but this was like my first experience, like seeing them all in action in their like, yeah, in their very true selves. And they're crazy. <laughs> like I was like, blown away. Like these guys, like they were unruly, uncontrollable, <laughs> just menaces in every sense of the word. And they are backflipping off the balcony. Like this is a two-story oh. house. Clayton Seller is backflipping off the top into the snow. Like, they are wrecking out on the ski hill. I love Chet. And he, like, wrecked out. He, like, threw on his back. They're, like, crazy. Just yelling at each other on ski lift to ski lift. And I'm like, who raises these heathens? I'm like, where do these people come from? I've never experienced people like this in my life. <laughs> my first thing I'm like wow these guys are crazy I love them they all have the best parts but they're crazy but that's just how they are and that's how they live their life still but yeah that was always really funny and then my actual my favorite memory though is Lefty's first in NFR it's 2020 and the lead up to this moment was really crazy because it was the COVID year you know so it's like people were testing and not being able to compete at the NFR because they had COVID so it's like such an added, you know, pressure to test negative when you showed up in Texas. And so we're like still home. We're in California and we're getting ready to drive. And all of a sudden the family starts getting really weird with us because we're like living with Pete and Shane. They all start freaking out. And at the time they hadn't told us because they didn't want us to freak out, but they all had COVID and we're all oh living in the God. same house. So we're driving across to Texas. Everybody's being really weird to us. We don't know why. And Pete's like, Lefty, go get tested early and let's try to see if we can get you an exemption. And so we go and we get him tested. He tests positive for COVID. And his test is like the next day we need to go to, you know, Globe Life outside in that tent and test for him. So we are freaking out. And then the next day, we're like putting alcohol up his nose, everything, trying to make sure we get a negative test. We're freaking out. And he ends up getting a negative test. Thank God. But we were worried, very worried. And then this is like the night of the back member ceremony. And the first time we've ever done it, it's on a completely different scale because it's COVID and whatever, we're in Texas. And so I'm like getting my hair and makeup done, which I will never get done ever again because of the situation. And I'm far away because everything was really spread out when we were in Texas. And he called me panicking, telling me that Something's really wrong with him. And he's stuck on the side of the freeway. I need to come get him. And I am like, what is going on? And I get my aunt to drive me to him. He is literally on an exit, pulled off on the side. And in the, in the front driver's seat, just stiff like a board, just stiff. And he's telling me that he's dying and he's having a heart attack. He's having a heart attack. And I'm freaking out because I'm not good in emergency situations. I either don't take them serious enough and it's, well, are you okay? What do you need? It's a joke. Or I'm like panicking. And then at first I'm like, is this guy joking? Or, you know, is he for real? And he's like being for real. So I like drag him onto the back and he's still stiff like a board. His heart is like going crazy. And he's having a full on panic anxiety attack. 
but we don't know it in the morning in the moment he's telling me he's dying i'm freaking out because i think he maybe is actually dying i'm like calling his dad i'm crying and he's fine he's fine bring him here don't bring him to the hospital and we bring him to pete and you gotta fix him he's all freaking out or whatever and pete gives him a gatorade and a snickers bar and a xanax and fixes him but it was like the craziest like emotional like turmoil going on and so we get to the back number ceremony after that horrendous day and then it's we get one day off and it's the first round and then he gets his first round of the nfr he has this really awesome horse flirtatious and he ends up being like 86 and a half points and he wins the first round of his first nfr ever <laughs> he actually tied it with rusty Wright, but it was just what a crazy buildup and then to go to your first nfr because it's so hard even just to win around there you know it's like hard of course to win a world title there but winning even around sometimes seems hard and to be at your first nfr in your first round ever and win it was just like a moment i will never forget that was just so cool yeah. and so special and i'm sure made all the sweeter by this like crazy 48 hours you guys had leading up to it my gosh talk about a roller coaster for sure i was like oh my gosh we're just like praying over it's not someone like this crazy lefty you need to get it because he's usually so calm naturally you don't really yeah. see him panic like that at all and he was panicking them every year since i have a ptsd I, I don't leave his side i'm just like checking on him nonstop. And- He's like, I'm Blue fine. Gym. I'm like, are you sure? Yeah. I'm like, I don't ever get my hair done. I'm like right there. We're like always together. I'm like, make sure he's never alone. <laughs> we take Xanax. You have, to hire, you have to hire a babysitter just so you can go get your makeup done one year. Seriously. But no, it was like <laughs> those moments are awesome. And it's just such a cool thing. And then he ended up giving that buckle to his dad, which I always love because oh. his dad is like the reason why he is, you know, where he is now. So his dad is such a great supporter and all the whole family is. But yeah, that was like a super special one. And he wears his and then Lusty gave me his second go around buckle. So we both wear our buckles. Oh. But yeah, we love. It's very special. That was a really cool moment. I love that. That for sure. Thank you so much for being here. I've loved getting to talk to you and you had so many insightful, like really special things to share. I really appreciate that. Oh, thank you for having me. I've loved it too. It's been really fun. And I love what you're doing. I love listening to everybody's story. I always say it's like almost like therapy because I feel like you don't really know these people, but when you hear it, you like, you know, they get it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that was fun. Now, if you're anything like me and just can't get enough of these behind the scenes stories from our inspiring guests, then my website is the perfect place to dig even deeper into the world of rodeo. Visit the link in the show notes for even more Companion Pass content.